Hello and a warm welcome as you join us on Search for Truth. We greatly value your interest in our programmes and your Bible teacher, Brian Johnston, brings us talk number five in this six-part series where we're looking at significant Bible characters from the Old Testament. So far, we've studied Joseph, Daniel, Esther and Gideon. Next week, we've Moses. But today, Brian's study is about King David. I hope you'll enjoy it. Here's Brian. Thanks, John. Well, allow me to remind you of what a pastor once said. He said, when I was a schoolboy, we would occasionally see a turtle on a fence post. And when we did, we knew someone had put him there. He didn't get there by himself. In the Bible, we come across many fence post turtles. If we may refer to people by that term, in the way described by the pastor whom we've just referenced. And by that I mean, in the Bible, we encounter one person after another who knew that his or her privileged position was given to them by God. Our fence post turtle in today's study is David, as we've heard, King David. God valued the inner qualities he found in David, despite the fact that he was the youngest son, and apparently overlooked initially even by his own father. When God announced he was looking for a new king to replace Saul, who'd become disobedient, he said to Samuel, I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy, with a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. He is the one. That's First Samuel chapter 16. It's quite obvious what the family dynamic was here. David was the baby of the family. Being the youngest, he was the son relegated to looking after the sheep. Now on this auspicious occasion, Jesse would be looking to honour his unexpected guest by respecting Samuel, the priest, the revered man of God, respecting him in every possible way. As such, Jesse never entertained the notion of fetching David indoors to be presented before him. The smell of sheep and the smell of the great outdoors would not be welcome in such company. Samuel had asked to have Jesse's sons introduced to him, and it seemed a quite unconscious decision to overlook young David. Jesse clearly never entertained for one moment the possibility that anything remarkable would develop in the life of his youngest son. After all, he'd such impressive older sons. Surely they were more than enough to impress their esteemed guest. What could David bring to the table with his flushed cheeks and grass-stained clothes? It was a no-brainer not to even think of including him. What's more, David had grown to expect no more. The attitude of his older brothers, perhaps picking up their father's unspoken vibes, was no different. If anything, it was even more unguarded. Their contempt for their kid brother was to become increasingly vocal. As Joseph rehearsed dreams that irritated his older brothers, the fact Samuel had singled David out for honour would have caused his older brothers to bristle. Even though they probably thought nothing would ever realistically come of it, David's selection that day had been a blow to their pride. 
How can we forget the sneering tone so obvious in the biblical text leading up to David's acceptance of the enemy giant's challenge? His success in that one-sided contest against Goliath and success that was by the evident power of God would propel David onto centre stage. But first, he had to endure the biting put-down of Eliab, his older brother. Here we have it, 1 Samuel 17, verse 25. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? They were referring to Goliath at that time. Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way, So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you've come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another. What have I now done? David asks. Years of living with such remarks surface here in David's response. Such a little share in his family's affections. But David had found his refuge in God, the God with whom he communed under the starry night sky while guarding the sheep. He was little esteemed in his family's eyes and little in his own sight too. And it seemed barely credible to David that the one who'd garnished the heavens with such awesome beauty should take any account of him at all. But in his heart, he knew this was the ultimate truth that mattered. In Psalm 8, he pours out his meditation. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who have displayed your splendour above the heavens. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries, to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? When we are convinced that we are loved by the creator of heaven and earth, then we can endure most, if not all things, including little recognition at home. Was David ever conscious, I wonder, in this experience, that he was entering into the fellowship of the sufferings of his great son, the coming Christ, who would later describe himself as a prophet without honour at home? We learn from David that the sufficient sense of our own worth comes from accurately thinking of who we are in God's sight. This would allow David to endure the outside place in the family, as well as living for years as the most famous outlaw in the country, while he was chased by a jealous king who suspected that David was after his crown. David was content to allow God to steer the course of his life, and he was so conscious that reaching the throne of Israel from such an unlikely beginning was all God's work. Listen to how he expresses this in Psalm 118. From my distress I called upon the Lord. 
The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord I will surely cut them off. They surrounded me, yes, they surrounded me. In the name of the Lord I will surely cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They were extinguished as a fire of thorns. In the name of the Lord I will surely cut them off. You pushed me violently so that I was falling. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. The sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I will not die, but live and tell of the works of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I shall enter through them. I shall give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. I shall give thanks to you, for you have answered me, and you have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvellous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It could well be that this was originally written for the time of David's coronation. He'd endured such bitter disappointments. The strange delay in God's revealed purposes for his life had tested him deeply. The builders of his own family had rejected him from the outset. But now God's hand had raised him up to the chief place. David is under no illusions of grandeur. This is all of God's doing. David knew that he was a fence-post turtle.
there's a transcript booklet containing the six talks of this series, so if you'd like one or more, please tell us and ask for the title Fence Post Turtles. Now, there are several other methods to access past programmes and booklets, which I'll explain in a moment. But first, I'm about to give you our contact details for you to send for booklets if you want them. Uh, so if you've got pen and paper to hand, uh, here they are. Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5, 6LN, UK. I'll repeat that. Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5, 6LN, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, as I said a moment ago, there are alternative ways of accessing our radio talks. For instance, you can listen again to many of these broadcasts off-air by audio podcast versions. If you go to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com, you can browse the list of previous talks, uh, which you'll see is being sorted into categories to assist you. And you might be interested to know that many titles of Search for Truth transcript booklets have been turned into e-books, and they're available at amazon.co.uk forward slash kindle dash e-books. Just type Search for Truth series into the search box and you'll find them. Finally, uh, many thanks for the privilege of your company today. That's, that's all we have for now. So next week, we look at our last Old Testament character in this series of studies, and it's Moses. So do join us. And until then, very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers and me, John. So goodbye and may God richly bless you. My dear.